Want to have safe kinky sex? Make sure you make your way over to AdamEve.com. Adam and Eve has over 12 million satisfied customers worldwide. Everything from the newest vibrators to classic movies. When you're on AdamEve.com, make sure to enter in the promo code HUSH50. That's H-U-S-H-5-0 to get 50% off almost any one item and free shipping. Do I need to say that again? Free shipping. Make sure you have your kinky, safe sex needs satisfied by visiting adameve.com. Sex, dating, relationships, and all things kept on the hush. Welcome to Hush, the podcast that brings you the shit you love to hear. Let's slide into the episode. Dropping that sexiness for your ears as we enter another volume of Hush. for tuning into the Hush Podcast. My name is Kim. I'm excited to bring you my guest today, Stephanie Sellers. Stephanie Sellers is a filmmaker, writer, and performer based in New York City. She is also the founder and artistic director of Immortality Productions, LLC, which is a production company producing provocative film and theatrical projects that explore art, sexuality, and spirituality. She has co-directed, produced, and starred in the feature film Lust, Life, Love, also starring Jake Choi and featuring Bill Irwin in a supporting role. It has been screened at several film festivals, won awards, and was released on multiple digital platforms by 1091 Pictures. So I want to start off by asking you, what appeals most to you about being polyamorous? Oh. Um, the power to create my own rules about relationships based on, on my needs and desires as, as opposed to the needs of an existing structure, okay. or like the needs of society and the needs of, uh, you know, other people who believe that monogamy is the only way to to have relationships. What yeah, and so and to work with my and work with my partners and their needs also, and like co-create it's like a, a collaboration. Okay. What common misconceptions do you face? I think a big one is like people who don't understand polyamory or they're new to it there's the misconception that it's just like free love you can do whatever you want like open relationship okay uh, I can get away with this and that and I don't have to talk about it um, that is not true at all <laughs> I noticed that um, with both 
monogamy and uh, polyamory, I feel like communication, even when you're single, communication is so vital. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I just had that experience today with someone who is kind of a friend with benefits. It's like in between that and dating um, is it's very new and I was struggling with his communication, like long delays between my text and his response. And, and so I just communicated to him that this doesn't work for me, that like moving forward, I need whether we're, we're friends, lovers or something in between, I need uh, more consistent and reliable communication. Like, I shouldn't have to wait 48 hours to get a response to a simple text, like question or, you know? So, yeah, absolutely. It is I totally super important. Agree on that. Especially in a world where we all have our phones on us for the most part. Yeah. There's, yeah. Yes. That drives me crazy, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know, and I think even in, even in, like, more casual relationships, even if it's not your life partner, still, you know, the, when there's intimacy, especially, I think that we're more vulnerable to feeling insecure. Someone is not as responsive as we would like. I totally agree with that. I want to touch on your film, Lust, yeah. Life, Love. What inspired you to create it? Uh, my experience with polyamory, ethical non-monogamy, and sexual exploration. I hadn't seen any films that addressed this subject in an authentic way. Um, that was like from a more subjective insider point of view and not just like sensationalizing or like from an outsider perspective male gaze like eyes wide shut for instance or um you know like like an outsider looking in I wanted to make a film about this this lifestyle this world that that feels very real and yeah, there aren't a lot of films about polyamory I totally there's some that. there's some that touch on it right you know that touch mm-hmm. on it but um but there there are there aren't that many that like where it's the main impetus of the film like the main the world that we're in. <laughs> were you nervous to explore that on film? No, not at all. I, did, I was used to exploring it through my writing first because I was, speaking of journalism, you were a journalist, I was um, a columnist for a newspaper, an all-weekly newspaper. I was writing a sex and dating like relationship column and I was already writing about 
these experiences and putting it out there in a very public way, not using a pseudonym. And I, yeah, I wasn't shy about that. And so film is just another medium, just another form of expression. And um, even though I was I was writing about my experience directly, it was autobiographical, the film is fictionalized. I mean, it is very much inspired by my experience, but it's, it is a fiction. A lot of it is fictionalized and, you know, to fit into the 90 minutes of a film, like in, with a conventional, you know, fairly, fairly conventional three act structure where, um, life is not so, it's not so organized. What was the type of feedback that you received on your film? Uh, got some really, really nice reviews um, that are up on Rotten Tomatoes, and if you know that, that site that rates films yes. based on the number of tomatoes. <laughs> I got, Love Like Love has like a 91%, which is pretty high. That is actually, because... Uh... Okay. Yeah, they could be kind of harsh with their criticism. <laughs> they, yeah, they they can be, you know. And it was it was like even higher. There was one uh, mediocre review, like mixed review, that like brought it down. But I'm thrilled that you know it's like ninety one percent. People generally, the the critics were impressed with you know the subject matter, the handling of it, the the authenticity of the, you know, the party scenes, the sex party scenes, and the the relationships that are depicted, and the diversity of the cast, and and yeah, there were some people that thought that um, some aspects of the plot were too conventional in the end. Um, because I guess they expected, oh, this is a film about polyamory, and therefore there can't be anything conventional in there. In other words, like, jealousy. People get jealous no matter what. I mean, for, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what, I mean, you saw the film, so I don't know curious what you think <laughs> that was actually one of my questions is jealousy uh-huh. easy to address and communicate about in a poly relationship I don't think it's ever easy because when you're jealous you're very vulnerable and it usually ar- arises from insecurity about the relationship and like does this person does, is this person going to leave me for someone else or like they, are they giving more attention to their other partners or other partner than to me you know like am I uh, am I worthy enough um these are the, all the questions that come up, and it's never easy. I think whether you're monogamous or polyamorous or single or partnered, 
I think what becomes easier is the communication about it. But I think, well, I just think the more you practice communicating about it, about your feelings, just being vulnerable and um, instead of jumping to anger, which is what pe- people tend to do when they're jealous, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how could you, how could you, how could you watch that TV show with her? That was our TV show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how could you do that? I, you know, you don't love me. Ah! <laughs> anger, anger, anger. And that's what I came to realize watching the film with Veronica is just like, discovering that balance between her lovers and definitely seeing the jealousy and um i feel like yeah. uh, i have a friend a personal friend that's in a polyamorous relationship and she barely started this i believe this year so i don't know like too much in depth about like the emotional aspects behind it but i really love uh-huh. that your film covered that jealousy is a big one because i feel like that's the big question that people that are in monogamous relationships are always curious about like how do you balance that out between lovers yeah yeah of course it's uh, I mean I've struggled with it a lot like that my partner for many years who I was married to no longer but throughout our relationship I struggled with jealousy and we ultimately practice polyamory more together because I was so sensitive to you know him being with other people's without me we did it a little bit but we mostly played together dated updated other people together like in triad forms which is a kind of uh, configuration that's in the film, the triad relationship between three people. I did want to touch on other issues, though. So you mentioned jealousy. What other what other obstacles do you face in a polyamorous relationship? Like scheduling, like managing your time, because it's it's hard enough to have one partner. And especially if it's a more committed partner, you know, that takes a lot more time and energy. If you're married or or cohabitating with someone who's a primary partner, there's just more energy required because you're not just seeing each other to have fun and have sex, right? Mm -hmm. You have to talk about domestic things like finances kids if you have them pets all of these things so that that already takes a lot of time and energy and then you're adding other partners to that it may be a little easier if you're solo polyamorous meaning you do not have a primary partner that's kind of where I am now um you know, dating multiple people or have multiple partners at a time. Um, uh, I would say, like, the more serious partners you have at a time, or the more complicated it's going to be. 
that actually leads into one of the questions that I had um, about poly relationships. From your experience, do they usually begin with one partner and expand from there? That is typical. That's definitely typical. Like I'm on an app right now, a dating app that is that is for polyamory and there are a lot of couples on there and they're singles and couples so a lot of couples like looking for a third or they're just looking for play partners right Mm -hmm. Um, so that is definitely typical it's I don't know if it's more common than being single and practicing like as a solo polyamist that would be an interesting study there may be some statistics out there I'm curious about your experiences so have you ever started off as like a unicorn for a couple and then decided yep I want to make them my lovers Hmm. you mean like on a more consistent basis like where it started out focus back on your film lust life love so daniel's described as a kid in a candy store with his newfound passion for a polyamorous lifestyle were your experiences similar at first i mean like more like getting into the parties and and having multiple partners at a time yeah i was it was like more novel so when anything is new, of course, you're just going to be, like, so excited mm-hmm. and turned on by the newness and exploring every possibility. <laughs> so, I wanna, yeah, I can relate to that. Uh-huh. I want to touch on the sex parties. So, uh-huh. how was your first experience, if you don't mind sharing? Um, I had had some group sex experience, smaller group sex experience before actually attending a sex party. So I think some threesomes, foursomes mm-hmm. before attending a party. So it wasn't like completely new in the sense of like more than one person. But yeah, it was it was like like wow it's just when you experience something for the first time you know it's just all the sensations the exhibitionism the voyeurism Mm -hmm. the 
like having like I went with like a casual partner and I remember having sex with him and having other people in the room and just maybe there was some touching or caressing with some other people and just all of that all of that was new and like just turned on by uh the whole experience just all like yeah the whole like taking it all in through every sense it's it's just it's a cornucopia for the senses sight sound taste oral you know hearing Mm -hmm. hearing the sounds like of the sounds of um all the different sounds people make when they have sex like sometimes it's really funny like wow that sounds like that sounds like a lawnmower over there or vacuum like what (laughs) so there's like it can be really funny at times and I think that's also something I wanted to include in the film because it's not it's not always like a porn like it's not like porn exactly it's not porn it can be really funny there are funny things that happen people lose their panties uh you know they they walk around naked and and then they're talking about like two naked people and talking about something really banal um which is i guess not dissimilar from a nudist camp where people are just doing everything that you would normally do but they're naked (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah there's funny things about it there um it's just it can be overwhelming for the senses if it's your first experience um i feel like what else (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, like you, I've done, um, like, a swap before, and I've done threesomes, so I, I think I'd probably take it in, like, the way you did, like, you know. Yeah. There are also, there are also some negative things that can happen, like, there are, like, people who are inexperienced and not respectful, like, they don't mm-hmm. understand the rules, the etiquette, where they can, I've had, I've been at parties where people have touched me without consent. Like, that's not okay. Yeah. Or even even just watching without my consent. If you're across the room, okay, fine. But if you're like, if you plant yourself right next to me and they're staring, that's a form of participation. Yeah. So... The etiquette and the rules are very important at these parties, and that's why the uh, the ones that are organized. I'm in I'm in New York City. I don't know where where you are based, um, but there are usually like guardians or kind of pe- people who are part of the party staff that are walking around like and it, and if there's anything icky going on, like boundaries being crossed, you can let them know, and they will talk to the, the offending person, 
and that person will get a warning, right? And if it happens again, they can't, they're ejected from the party, okay. and they can't return. I like that, safe, consensual, speaking of safe. Yeah. So um, I noticed, you know, the condom usage, and I think that's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, most people have Yeah. You know, that's what I mean. Like, you never you, you see that in, in movies. It's just like, oh, this, you know, heated, uh, heated moment, dialogue, and then there's kissing, and then you cut to the sex, and then, and then it's after sex. Yep. Right? You don't, you like, you're missing, you're missing all the, those real moments in the condom and the fumbling around and the, like, oh, do you want this or no? Uh, no, there, that's not right. Trying to understand another person's body. So I also just wanted the sex scenes themselves, and just not just the party scenes, sex party scenes, but the other sex scenes that are between Veronica and Daniel. Uh, Veronica and Pedro and their supporting character partner to feel real. You know, people get emotional during sex. Mm-hmm. People cry during sex. People, like, there are all sorts of things that happen. I wanted it to be as real as possible. I did want to ask, overall, were the sex scenes fun to shoot? Yeah. I mean, it's hard not to get turned on. I don't know if many actors say this. <laughs> but if you have chemistry with the other actor and you're, like, simulating sex, it's really hard not to get turned on. Um, and, yeah, I mean, they were fun. Um, they, there was, like, everything was simulated in, in the smaller sex scenes uh, between you know, the principal characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, what I mean is like genital, the genital contact, the actual like, like intercourse and stuff, all that was simulated. Any any kind of, yeah, genital contact simulated. But for the, there was, in some of the parties, in the party scenes, there were some extras that were actually having sex because they, agreed to do that um and so yeah it's like why not there it's not porn but when you're having it's it's easier to just shoot a bunch of people actually having sex that you know they're not uh professional actors they're just people having sex in, in, in an orgy scene them to like direct them to simulate this is a whole plot twist for me this just blew my mind i thought everybody was simulating <laughs> <laughs> now i'm gonna yeah. go back and rewatch this who was the real one <laughs> yeah who the, real one, the party yeah the party scenes and it's, it's like the camera is not focusing on all that but i mean if you if you were to play some of those scenes in slow motion you might catch catch some things that you missed. <laughs> I do like though how you described to Daniel about the um about being consensual, you know, just the mm-hmm. roles. Um I think yeah. again in in this culture where a lot of things are sexually saturated, you know, it's a hookup culture for one. 
uh, we uh-huh. don't talk about that so often, you know, just safe, yeah. consensual sex. Yeah, whether, absolutely. It's very important. Whether it is a sex party or not, still, you know, uh-huh. I, I feel like I love that that was addressed. Yeah. Like I said, like, that's not something you usually see in a movie or a TV, TV series. I do want to touch back on another topic. So, still with polyamory, but I want to ask, how did your friends and family react when you opened up to them about being polyamorous? Hmm. Um, Or do they not know? Well, like, a lot of my friends are... have always been aware, or I didn't have to come out to them. Really. And it was just like, oh yeah, I, this is this is my life, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there were friends who were who are also polyamorous, so you know, no explanation needed. Um, people I've met through those circles, and my family. You know, I, I, my mom was aware I was dating multiple people at a time, but I don't, I don't think I officially declared that I'm polyamorous to them, but they did watch the film, which I warned them about. <laughs> I was like, I don't expect you to watch it, uh, but if you do, just know that there are a lot of sex scenes that I'm in. <laughs> and it's a very sexual film, and um, don't say I didn't warn you. <laughs> so they, you know, my dad had a hard time watching it. My mom said that he was covering his eyes all the time, and but she she said that. Yeah, she was kind of looking at it as, oh, this is a character, instead of looking at it as, this is my daughter. So she was able to detach herself somewhat from the fact that I was her daughter. I think that's actually funny that you touch on that, because uh, my mom is like one of the biggest supporters of my podcast, but she's never actually heard the episode, so she doesn't actually hear that I inserted like my real moan into the intro, like from an actual sex uh-huh. tape that I did. Like she doesn't know any of that, <laughs> but oh, yet she goes out funny. and like supports and advertises it. Like listen to my daughter's podcast, and <laughs> she knows what it's about, but <laughs> but she's never actually tuned in. So yeah. <laughs> That's funny that you touch on that. Yeah. I do want to touch on another subject. Um, where can people reach you at? People can reach me on social media, Instagram, at the underscore Stephanie Sellers. Um, they can follow the film on social media at Lust Like Love Movie on Instagram and Facebook. And Twitter is at LLL the film. And they can go to lustlikelove.com to uh, get access to links to the platforms where they can uh, watch the film. 
the film is available to rent or buy on many platforms, uh, Amazon, Google Play, Apple TV, and some other ones. So there are lots of options. Besides writing and filmmaking, I did want to touch on the fact that you are a singer. Where can people find your music? Thank you, yeah. I, I sing jazz, uh, classic jazz standards. Like Veronica, I'm really into you know, vintage, vintage things and music and jazz, a lot of jazz and film. Uh, I have an album that's on iTunes and, and uh, Spotify. It's called Girl Who Loves. The title song is actually in the film, playing over the credits. I'm not singing that recording, though, but I did write the lyrics. I, that's an original song, and it's a song about polyamory. That's really awesome. Um, yeah. What kind of future projects are you working on? I'm doing a lot of other writing, like non-film writing, such as uh, fiction, creative nonfiction essays, working on novels, and poetry. Uh, I'm also developing a TV series with another uh, filmmaker uh, about this subject. So it's a, it's a series about people practicing polyamory in, uh, in New York City. So, you know, um, ensemble, you know, multiple characters, different different types of polyamory, more because it's a series, there's just like more to explore, right? Yes, that's very awesome. That's cool. Yeah. I would love to tune into that once you have that going. That's really cool. Yeah, I hope I hope it gets picked up in, in some way, so we shall see. Very cool. I want to thank you for taking the time to come out and chat with me, and I wish you success on your future endeavors. Were there any last thoughts or opinions that you wanted to address? Yeah, just I encourage people to watch the film and to reach out to me if you have any feedback or questions, and just to whatever relationship style you want to pursue, just be honest with yourself and other people. That's the best approach. You know, they're always, it's always going to get complicated. But as long as you remain true to yourself and your own needs and desires and love yourself and then are honest with others and communicate and all that and can be very fulfilling. I love that. That's a positive way, positive note to end this episode on. Again, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to come and, and chat with me. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today for another special edition of Hush. You can find us on thehushpodcast.com, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Red Dragons Radio, any Alexa-enabled devices, and all other major platforms. Also, 
make sure to visit me on Instagram and Twitter at hushpodcast69.